headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods at Moving and Storage Studio. It's The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I am Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with Ramsey personality and best-selling author and host of The Ken Coleman Show, Ken Coleman himself. We are here to take your calls at 888-825-5225. It's a free call anywhere in the country, and we're here to, to talk talk and have a conversation about what's going on in your life. And, you know, I was thinking about this, Ken, Dr. John Deloney talks about this a lot. It's just like the isolation of life and yeah. how few people have good friends. And we always want to push you to have relationships in life, right? To have friendships in life. But if there's something that you're like, man, I just need a second opinion on this. Here's what I'm thinking. I have some questions. That's what we're here for. That's right. And let me point out too, I'm here today and we want to talk about your work too. If you feel like you're in a stagnant, stuck situation, one of the greatest ways to increase your income is a better job. David said for decades, your income is your greatest wealth building tool. So big shovel stuff. I'd love to take those questions. You feel like you got a toxic work situation. Can you get out of it? Well, can I'm in the baby steps? Any angle from there, Rachel and I will com- combine the advice there on the money side and the work side. I'd love to take some of those questions, uh, trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, anything in that area as well, plus the relationships, plus the money. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe you can ask us anything. Doesn't mean we'll answer it. That's right. <laughs> I guess. Is that you the way ask. to put it? Yeah. We'll try our best. All right. Yeah. Let's go. I'm standing by. All right. Up next, we got Paul in San Antonio to start us off this hour. Hey, Paul, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. How are you? We're doing well. How can we help? Okay. My mother is 89 years old with dementia. Oh, wow. I, okay. I just moved, moving, well, I'm actually moving her this week in a nursing home. I sold her house after a walk away, paying tax and some debt she owed. I'm ending up with two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. Plus her pension, she gets nineteen hundred a month. Now, every month I got to write a check to the nursing home of approximately four thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. This two hundred fifty thousand dollars that I have from the house is going to pay for her nursing home. Mm-hmm. Rather than just putting it in a checking uh, checking account with her name with me, power attorney. Is there some way to do manage that money where it can be making some interest, uh, or because for it just sitting in a checking account doesn't seem smart to me. You know, what, what what's your idea on that? What could I do? Yeah, that's a it's a great question. So, um, knowing her state and where she's at, she's ninety eight, which she's lived an incredible life. No, eighty nine. Eighty oh, eighty nine. I'm so sorry. I thought you said ninety eight. 89 and um and she how long has she had dementia for about three years okay okay i'm so sorry that is so that's a that's a hard a hard thing to watch a loved one my my grandmother went through that um so you know we can't predict how long she'll be there that's kind of what i'm I'm trying to do the math to to see you know because because 50 yeah i mean you're you're paying close to 50 grand a year uh, which is great. So meaning that she can she can stay in this for years. Um, five years. Yeah. Five years. And so, um, if I, I mean honestly, Paul, the way everything's going right now, you know, when you invest, it's more thinking five years or longer. You're keeping your money in the market. So doing anything risky like that with this money makes me nervous right now. And just again, how volatile the market is, uh, because it's you're it's such a short term play for you with this money. 
uh, meaning five years or less. And so I know it doesn't feel like, oh, it's a good it's a good move just to have it in a checking account. Uh, but I would probably honestly just put it in a money market account. So you're not going to make a ton of interest, but this money isn't isn't here for the purpose of making more money. Uh, it's there to pay her bills that she has to have in order to stay there. And so now she does. She does receive nineteen hundred dollars a month on her retirement. So yes, she'll be getting nineteen hundred a month. So that's about half. So actually, you will be paying like about a little over two thousand, say twenty one hundred. Yeah, that's a that's month. true. Yes, that's that's so true. Yep, yep. Um, but still, honestly, Paul, I mean, if I were you, I just wouldn't put it in something that that it could it could lose lose money in this because you don't have the 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 time frame to see it play out over twenty years. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah. if I were you, having that money accessible that I can get to when I need it, knowing it's there, knowing there's a predictable amount in there that it's not fluctuating up and down majorly would give me peace and I feel like would honor her really well. Um, so again, it's not flashy, it's not exciting, but I don't think that's what this money's for. I think it's to yeah. help keep her in a nursing home for, um, you know, for, for, for as long as possible. Yeah, I was thinking something, some kind of money market or something where I, yes. I have the checking account to pay her nursing home and say put like 50000 or six. 50000 in it every year. Yes, that's you know right. I mean? So yeah, a money market account would be a great a great option. So that's what I would do. Uh, but again, you're not going to yeah. see crazy returns on that. Uh, you'll see a little bit, you'll see more than a traditional savings account or a checking account. But again, that money is there really more like an insurance, in a sense, uh, than uh -huh. an investment. So that's the way I would look at it. Okay. Yeah, that's, I really appreciate you talking to me. I've been wrecking my brain on this. You know, she could die tomorrow yeah. or she could die in five years. Um, yeah. You know, but no matter what, I don't want the money just all of it sitting in a checking account, not doing nothing. You know yes. what I mean? Yes, but, absolutely. Yep. But again, I think that mindset of it's uh, insurance, not an investment, but a money market account is what I would do. And uh, my husband and I, we have a money market account. We just put some savings in. It's where our emergency fund is and extra money that we have every month. And I think we use Ally Bank. It's an online bank. you know. So there's some really um, accessible, easy ways to sign up for a money market account. You can do your local bank, but um, you can even find some better rates possibly on an online bank. So not that we endorse Ally, but that's what we use yeah, and, yeah. And, it, and, it, and it works great. Yeah, I think it's great advice because you got a, a short-term situation here. We don't know how many years she's going to have. Mm -hmm. uh, fewer rather than, you know, longer, obviously, at this stage of her life of what she's dealing with. And so it's, you're right, this is, uh, let's make sure we use every every penny of it to take care of her, give her comfort and dignity uh, yeah. in these days, you know. So And, and, the, and look, the money market's going to get you more than it ever has. Uh, yeah, I should say that. Yeah. Uh, more than it has recently. That's right, uh, yes. Because of where we're at with the interest rate. So it's a good place to park it. And making sure that her care is as well too, because that's a pretty inexpensive. I mean, on average, people are spending even nine thousand a month on on some nursing oh, home rooms yeah, for a single for sure. room. So it's a very very expensive place. So it, it feels like Paul, though, it's a very reasonable price that you gave me. I was expecting it to be a lot more, so I'm thankful for that. And again, that half of it is covered with um, with the checks that she gets as well. So I hope that helps, Paul. Thank you. Uh, but. Can I mean that that stuff is hard. That's why long term care insurance is a is a is an important thing to play. You know, like when there's all right. these parts of our money that you look at um, at different stages of life, whether it's life insurance, 
uh, getting a will, like all these things, looking at that at that as a big picture is a is an important play. So absolutely. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for the call. This is the Ramsey Show. I want to tell you a true story. I got a letter from Fran in Virginia once. She and her husband, Gary, were loaded down with debt. They decided to get serious and worked for over two years to pay off $65,000. They were able to buy their dream home. Gary had just started a new job and things were looking really good. Six months later, Gary unexpectedly died. Wow. Tears my heart out. Besides the grief and shock, Fran had no income, was on her own, and her Social Security benefits couldn't pay the mortgage. Talk about feeling lost and alone. The only good part of this story is that Gary had term life insurance through Xander, so Fran was able to deal with her grief without being overwhelmed with money issues. Sad story, but I share it with you to make a point. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Having life insurance is what responsible people do for their families. It's why I tell you every day to go to Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. Well, it is launch week for our brand new Gazelle debit card. This debit card will help you spend and save the Ramsey way. The Gazelle debit card works the same as your standard debit card with the same FDIC protections. And no, we're not becoming a bank, but we have partnered with Pathword NA member FDIC to provide banking services behind the scenes. So that means that we can offer the same FDIC protections and you will not be flooded with debt and credit card offers. So there's no junk mail from us. So the Gazelle comes with a debit card, spending account, and mobile app. And it also connects to every dollar seamlessly so you know exactly where your budget stands and where your money is going. So it is free to create an account and there's no monthly fees to maintain your account and no overdraft. So there are no overdraft fees, which banks make billions on every year. It's insane. So our team is continuing to add new features like joint accounts, Apple Pay, and more, all with the goal to help you reach your money goals fast. This is really, really exciting. It is so beautiful, the Gazelle card, and just a point of conversation. You know, when you you pull out the Gazelle card, people are like, what is that? Yeah. So good point of conversation. It looks great. I was telling, I was telling Dave yesterday, that like the the benefit of this card is if you if you're just kind of liberal with how you move your hand and arm around when you're using it at the grocery store, people are going to see it and be like, "What's that? What the heck is that?" And you get to talk about what you do and how you yeah, live and with your money. And when you see other people with it, it's, it's like, a great <gasps> looking card. Yeah, it, it really is. is. Speaking of fees, so I go, I got to tell you, are you quick, done? Oh, well, sorry. Well, go to RamseySolutions.com/slash/gazelle to sign up for your free account. Again, RamseySolutions.com slash Gazelle. Sorry, I had to tell the people no, where to no, get the beautiful I'm card. I, I'm very excited to run this by you. I, 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 I did not tell James, the producer, about this, but uh, he'll be okay. So I was talking about this on, on the Ken Coleman show today, and I got to get your take on it. Okay. So there is a lawyer 
She is a consumer advocate lawyer out of Hawaii. And she is suing uh, Romano's Macaroni Grill, the restaurant chain, because she went to eat there recently. She looked at her receipt, her bill when she was uh, getting ready to sign the, and they charged her a $3 inflation fee. They didn't tell her this when she came to eat some pasta. And she's suing them. And, and, And she's like, this is crazy. Why don't they bake it into the price? I'm just telling Bake you. Bake it in. I don't. Macaroni. I like what you're doing Thank there. You. But, you're but restaurants, she goes, restaurants are doing this more and more. And if you're not paying attention to it, wow. they, 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 they come up with a term for a fee and it's a fee. You were talking about banks and fees. Yes. And it made me think about this. And so I want to warn the people. What? <laughs> because she is suing them. She's going, you this call is, from the mountaintop, Ken. I'm just Tell saying. Tell them from the mountaintop. I'm just saying, you better look at your receipt because if Macaroni Grill's doing it, somebody else is doing it. And so they're charging an inflation fee. Now, here's the deal. Restaurants can do anything they want. It's their business. I'm all for that. Yes, yes. All I'm saying is, when I show up and I'd say, a party of five, please, I would like them to say, oh, by the way, are you aware that uh, we are now charging you a $3 inflation fee? I don't want to find out about it after I've taken my fill of bread and pasta. Yes, yes. Do you think that that's right? Hmm. That they don't, don't tell you about it. I I think it's not a smart business move. I, I would don't put think it. So I would either. put it in the prices because everywhere. Winston and I just went out on a date night on Wednesday night and we looked at the prices. And again, Nashville I guess can be bougie. We were at a pretty like standard restaurant, I'd say. But it's just expe- like we even laughed. We're like, oh my god, like you, it's just a lot. Like what an entree costs. So I wouldn't flinch at my entree being an extra dollar, right? Fair. And, and so put it in the... So I just think it's bad business. It is. A $3 inflation fee. I mean, how stupid do we do these people think we are? We're just going to go, oh, well, well that makes a lot of sense. No, you just hit me for $3 for nothing. I mean, that, that's not even a real fee. You just pulled that out of your you-know-what. And I got to tell you, I told my audience, I said, let me tell you, there's two ways to go let about me tell, this. Tell me, Ken. You can go in and ask them. I just need to know before I take my seat. Do you have an inflation fee You're or some not. kind of... No, if no, you no. do that... No, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I've given people who are non-confrontational that option. Oh, yes. I'm confrontational. I love a good confrontation. I'm waiting until the bill comes, and I'm doing this number, and I'm looking at it. Looking, looking. And I'm looking, I go, okay, I can see there, I got the antipasta. I'm going down, and I see that, and I go, uh, excuse me, ma'am, sir, come over here. What is, what, is, what is this? And the waiter tells you, and you go, I'd like, to, I'd like you, we have two options here. Either you can tell your manager I'm not paying for it, or you can send your manager over here, and I'm going to tell them that I'm not paying for it. That's what I would do. And that's what you would do. Someone has to stand up against the fees. Of the people, by the people, for the people. I'm a man of the people. I'm just saying, that's ridiculous. I know, but the thing is, is you wouldn't think it's ridiculous that they baked it into the price of your food. You but wouldn't that's think not the it. scenario I'm bringing yeah, up. I know. I'm I saying know. that you have to fight for your finances, people. $3 here, $3 there. That kills your budget. Before you know it. I'm just telling you, James. Somebody has Every to stand up not for, working. for This the is people. a great tease because we're actually doing a fine print episode next season all about macaroni grill. So <laughs> We are? <laughs> oh. Well, listen, nothing against them. He believed them. you. Hey, listen, I like to I like to frequent that joint. They got good food. But I'm going in there, and believe you me, I'm going, hey, party of five, okay, so please. What, okay. No so inflation fee. Here's what's fascinating to me, though, that she was so... She sued them. Did she sue them? Like, I like it. Like, you go to lawsuit, you go... I like it. No, I think I just pay the fee. 
I don't have time. Okay, I don't have okay, time so, in my life. Okay, I want to make deal sure with that. that the people hear what's happening to deal with that. I'm anti-inflation. Rachel's like, I don't care. I have so much financial peace that I don't care about If I went to Olive Garden and it was an extra two bucks, I am not going to think, I'm going to lawyer up. I didn't say go around suing people. Well, I just told her, though. I just said, I I can't believe she went down the road. I would just pay. And now you're saying, well, Rachel would just pay it. She doesn't care about your money or inflation. I'll tell you why I like it. She's an actual lawyer, so she's not like hiring. Oh, that's fair. Okay. I I like that it's her lane, and she's kind of standing up for the people. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. And She was. I think it- $3 inflation fee. (laughs) I mean, it's ridiculous. Okay, so what should they do? So let's say macaroni grill. You know what? Can we just talk about the situation? What if macaroni- I'm glad you asked me. I have an answer. Well, good. So if macaroni grill said, I am not going to raise our prices because it is so- you know, we're, we're going to figure out yeah. how to do this to yeah. help the people. Sure. We're not raising prices. Everyone else says we're not going to. Right. But to offset hourly wages, to offset the price of food, the gas that's in the trucks that deliver the food are charging us more. We're just getting charged more to run business today, which is what's happening. Yeah. So if every customer pays an extra three bucks, it helps us keep the food costs down of what the customer has to pay. And it's great. How about... How about you come out and say, you know what? We as Macaroni Grill are not going to charge you a $3 inflation fee. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep prices the same because we know that everybody wants to go out and have a nice meal every once in a while. So we're going to be the restaurant chain who doesn't jack our prices because as a corporation, we make a good amount of money and we'd love for you to support us. Now, you know what happened? Everybody would go, go. let's go to Macaroni Grill and everybody's going to tip the waiters and waitresses very nicely. Well, I see on the board here, Rick has something about restaurants are giving discounts. Now, this is talk radio. Okay. Live reaction rick rick are you hearing us hey. chat about macaroni grill yes i did how you doing today we're Good. doing great what say you rick um what a lot of restaurants around here are doing which i'm surprised they didn't do it in the beginning because every, anytime you use a card those businesses are getting charged by the people that process the payments yep yep so what the restaurants are doing around here there's been two or three of them here in our area locally here that uh, what they're doing is if you pay cash you pay a cheaper rate and they're basically mm. if you use a card then they're passing that payment on so that's a way for them not to have great prices on to you and people fantastic. use cash too love it that is see now that's innovation without sticking it to the little guy who just you wants bet. some breadsticks you know yep. <laughs> that's so good rick thanks for calling right. in on that hey, because that's a great thank you rick so restaurants out there yeah Rick makes an excellent point. Hey, we're we want to stop cash. inflation. Everybody stand together. Take your Rachel Cruz wallet. Take out the out to eat money at the cash, and Look you what get she charged did there. Look what less she did there. than if you used a card. Because there's no fees for the merchant. I right, see. This is how we fight inflation. How do we? How do we think through this, America? You know what we ought to do, James? Thirty days. All Americans decide we're only going to eat stuff in our house. We're going to go on a spending freeze. Watch Target, Walmart, Kroger, and all of them drop prices. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. This might be the only thing that can unite America. We can can unite it again. Ken and Rachel for America. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Ramsey Show.
The Ramsey Show, where we are taking your calls about your money, your career, your relationships, anything and everything. 888-825-5225. Up next is Karina in Boise. Hey, Karina, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. How can we help? So last week, me and my fiance broke up because we couldn't decide on finances. And also, more importantly, we couldn't decide on how to inherit our kids. He has two boys and I have one son. And I have a paid for house and I make a bit more money than him. And he has a house with some equity in it, but he has a roommate on the title and mortgage because I guess they invested together. And then, um, so I am, I am Christian and I know God wants us to put our spouse before our children, but I think in our arguments, I was just having such a hard time. And, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't been with my fiance, but for a week, but just moving forward with him or without him, I need to figure it out for the next time that this comes about and, you know, figure out how to, how to deal with it. You know, do you guys share children? children. Are your children from different folks? You share them? What's the situation? Oh yeah. He has teen boys with his first wife Okay, and I have a son and I pretty much raised him alone. Um, his father was not involved. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And what was the disagreement about Karina? So I think, um, I, it all started when I mentioned to him that when I moved into my house, which is paid off, um, I, I wanted to leave this as an inheritance to my son because I think um, I sacrificed a lot of quality time when my son was little um, because I was going to school for engineering wow. and I was single and I was working. So I didn't get to spend that quality time with him. And when I finally got that stability, I wanted to give it to him kind of to make up for what I couldn't do before. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really emotional for me to yeah. talk about finances. And um, my, my ex-fiance, he wasn't understanding that. And, um, and I, to this point, I get it. Like um, your spouse should come first, but in terms of finances, I'm just having a hard time dealing with that. Yeah. Did you uh, did you initiate the breakup or did he? Um, it was just kind of mutual. We we just kind of got tired of talking about different scenarios and how we can make it work, and we both argued our points. Like I know he wants to protect his children, and um, and I want to protect my son in terms of you know, what we have established already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what's yeah. your question? What's your question for us specifically? Like how, how can, how do you go about finances in a, like a second relationship when you already bring in children? Do you, yeah. Like, cause how, how old are the kids? Disinherit them how? or do you just not get married? Yeah. My how? son is 21. Okay. And then his kids, he has a 13 year old and a 15 year old. Okay. So no, I, 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 I let Rachel take the bigger crux of the relationship and money, but, but he's I wanna... 21 and he has a 15 year old. 
Um, no, my oh. son is 21. My fiance is 40. Oh, you're, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I yes. thought you meant he has more. Oh, yeah. He, as in your fiance. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I apologize. Yeah, I, I just want to. I want to point out something that's come up twice in the conversation with us, and I just want to get that mm-hmm. out of the way, and I let Rachel kind of help you on this, and and I can weigh in on the okay. marriage stuff too. But this idea that the Bible says that you you value your spouse over your kids. This idea that that means you disinherit your son. No, 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 no. This this is all going to fall under the same umbrella that Rachel's going to advise you on, on y'all being on the same page. And it doesn't matter if the kids okay. are coming in from previous relationships or not. But no, in no, under no scenario are you going to disavow or, as you're saying, disinherit your son. Uh, that that's not part of the equation. And if that's part of the conversation, it's not healthy and you did the right thing by walking. Yeah, and Karina, for mm-hmm. you as a mom, um, because I can only imagine the sacrifices that you made when he was little, and that's where a lot of this emotion is coming from. And so I feel like mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would kind of challenge you to say, you know, this is a symbol. This house is a symbol of your hard work. You feeling guilty, probably a level of mom guilt of leaving your son when he was younger, and it's excruciating. You know, when I have to leave my kids, I had a four-year-old crying in the garage when I pulled out to come do this show like it's it's not it's not fun like it is it is hard as a mom uh for those working Mm -hmm. and that you're like oh and so you as a single mom especially went through so much Karina so much in order to have this but I I would I would just challenge you not that this would change your decision but I want you to if you can separate this house and what you did for mm-hmm. your son and the relationship you have with your son. This house has become a symbol. Um, and I don't want it to be the make or break breaking point for you in the future with relationships. And I, and I understand that it's to protect this for your son. Um, but just mm-hmm. as a mom, I don't want you to carry that burden of still feeling like I have to, I have to make up for what I did. Because Karina, yeah. you did what you had to do. You were a single mom. And that's, that was the situation mm. you were in. And so that you are not a bad mom for doing this. So giving your house a son or not giving your your son a house or not doesn't make you a good or bad mom. Um, so I want you to kind of separate that that language in your head because I feel like that's okay. twisted into this decision. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, because I okay. I I under and I and I and I applaud you for. Um, being so protective of it because again I, I I hear what you walk through with it so it makes sense but I also don't want this mm-hmm. house to be the symbol of mm-hmm. what I did and I feel bad and now I have to make it up to my son because you know right. what your son wants Karina he wants you and 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 if he wants his mom to be happy if this man that you love um your 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 ex-fiance you know if there if if that mm-hmm. is a relationship that is good for you and it is healthy um and you guys can find the way to to reconcile these two things or the, this thing of the inheritance which is a big deal but but also at the end of the day like there's a point too of companionship and love in a marriage yeah um, that, that's the question i have karina and pardon me for mm-hmm. I, I was trying to listen are you guys on the same page with debt and everything else or is there also um, some 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 separation in the way he sees money and debt and all that stuff? Because you've done everything the right way. Where are you guys on the rest of the stuff? The rest of the money well, stuff. I mean, he he's good with money, and um, yeah, he's very smart with money. And I don't think there there is an issue there. I think it's just more about 
combining combining households and um you know is he on the same page with you and i'm bringing in one right but let me ask you um, this is he on the same page in relation to debt that's yes or no Yes. Okay. Yes. Is he is he also on the same page that when we come together as a married couple, we combine our finances? Yes. He he is more for that than me. Oh. He, he, he said that we should combine everything, and um, at the end of the day, we just split it up. Like when we both pass away, we just split it up evenly between all our kids. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, so I'm the one that's kind of like selfish because I'm, I'm like, I'm bringing in more right. and he has two kids and I have one kid. Yeah. But Rachel's right. I hope yeah. you heard Rachel. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, yeah. she's right. So I, I got to tell you, I'm taking a little bit different tack here. I think you guys need to have a nice mm-hmm. dinner and I think you guys need to sit down and get this hashed out and say what really matters. And let's look at the big picture and you're going to have to let go of some stuff. I love Rachel's advice there. I yeah, don't know. I want to see her. I want to see hard. her give this a chance. I know because I like, feel I, like this is just about the investment through the I know, inheritance. And it becomes this this thing, and yeah. we don't want our stuff to own us. And at that point, it's, it's owning a part of you for good reason. I understand it, but I want you to have freedom from that. And I think it's attached to that mom guilt, Karina, that I, I really yeah. want you to to think through. So thank you for calling. I hope that helps. And 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 you know, I, I hope you guys um, can can go the way that you need to go, whether it's together or separate. Thanks for calling. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I am Rachel Cruz, hosting today with Ramsey personality and bestselling author Ken Coleman. Going to the phones, Will in St. Louis is up next. Hey, Will, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. How can we help? Um, I have a career question. Uh, I work for a medical device company. I work in a very small department of that company. There's four of us for the uh, whole country. And um, a couple of days ago, I presented a business plan um, to the VP that uh, identified some gaps in our department and how to fix them and make it uh, work better for um, the company as a whole. Mm -hmm. And um, in that business plan, it created a new uh, manager role. And, uh, this morning, um, I got off the phone with him and he wants me to take over that new manager role that my business plan mm. called for. Nice. And, um, now I'm just extremely nervous and scared. <laughs> I felt like I'm going to throw up all day. Yeah. Hey, be careful um, what you wish for at one of those deals, huh? <laughs> Yeah, so I, yeah. I've never been in a leadership role before, and uh, like I said, it's a very small team. I'm actually the newest person on this team. Okay. Um, so, so you would be uh, you would be leading three other people, if I heard that right? Yes. Okay. All right. So what's your question? I, I can't wait to answer it. <laughs> um, just how do I transition from 
Mm-hmm. So I've been on this team for five months, so I am the newest guy. Right. How do I transition from being the new guy to being a leader yep. and um, making this huge jump that I, I've never attempted before? Yeah. Okay. Great and question. Just, you ready? Yeah. You got something to take yeah. notes with? Because I might have you write a couple things down. You ready? Yes, absolutely. All right. So you have worked how long? In, in, a, in a professional environment, how long have you been an employee? I've been in the, the medical device um, arena for five and a half years. All right, so five and a half years, you've been a follower, yes or no? Yes. Yes. And so you've probably had some good leaders. Uh, you've probably had some bad leaders. Maybe you've had some uh, average leaders. Is that true? Yes. Okay. So one of the exercises I want you to go through the next couple of days, and then preferably tonight start with this, is I want you to write down – uh, all of the things uh, that that you would lead, that you would say I've I've worked under good leaders and these are the good attributes these are the things that that I remember seeing and thinking that was a good leader that was that was good leadership and then I want you to do uh, the the opposite and say okay when I worked for a bad leader this is what they did that I thought was bad and it wasn't good and this is just you kind of as a follower you know what good leadership looks like you know what bad leadership looks like and I want you to just write it down and go okay so now I remember and I've got some experience that's the first the second homework assignment um that i want you to to think through is 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 i want you uh i want you to think through um what you think now because you came up with this whole business plan and you you came up with this idea of a manager now they're going to give you the role and i want you to to ask yourself this question if i were in the other three people's shoes how would i want me to treat them like so put you put yourself in your sh- their shoes and go wait a second i'm the new guy and now i'm going to be in a leadership position if i were in their shoes and i had a new guy come in and all of a sudden he was my leader how would i want to be treated do you understand that question yes all right yes. write that down all right now those are the two homework assignments and that's going to put you in the right uh place i think from a posture towards how i'm going to treat people now, there's some basic exercises that I tell new leaders because everybody's scared to become a leader when you haven't led before. But I think if you do two things every week, Will, every week, I think you could become a tremendous leader. And these are the two things. And even if they're remote, I want you to do these two things every week. The first thing is I want you to get on a regular schedule of once a week, at minimum, asking your team, the three people, how are they doing personally? This is not a how you doing in the hallway as a greeting this is hey how are you doing how's life learn about their their marriage their kids uh their mom and dad's health learn everything you can about them and you're asking them on a regular basis how are you doing now listen leaders that's a personal question how are you doing they so tell you might you. get some personal answers. You're going to get some personal answers. But you, this is where you begin to build a relationship with them and they learn that you care now the second question is how can I help you win in your role? How can I help you win in your role? That's it. You can say it however you want to, but those are the that's the heart of the question. So the first question is a relationship question, and the second question is a servant-based leadership question. How can I help you win? Well, I need this, or this has been happening. I think we need to look at the front. Okay, great. Let me see if I can get in and make change. And those two questions are going to help you develop trust and then credibility. 
Too many young leaders try to go in, Rachel, and establish credibility when certainly in this situation where you're the new guy, maybe you have some older coworkers, and all of a sudden you're the new green leader and they're kind of looking at you, kind of going, oh, what's the story here? Whose butt did he kiss to get here? And there's all that cynicism. They try to win on credibility and you cannot win on credibility until you win relationally. Yes. Win relationally first professionally next. I could probably take over your job, Ken. You know why? I wrote a few things down as you're talking. I was like, what am I? Because I'm not a, I'm. You followed though. I have, I have, Kate, I have a brand leader. Yeah, you do. Who reports to Jerry Breland, a board member, right? So like, what would you say? We're in the chain of command. So I thought, what makes my, what the leaders I've had working, what do I love about them? Like what makes them a leader? I put personal in the question, what can I do for you? You're Liter- kidding me. Literally. Look at that. That's incredible, folks. So she did not all know. The, I'm not she kidding, not Will. Know. When I feel like she knows what's going on and it's been, you know, a hard season with the kids or something mm-hmm. she, and she asks, okay, so how was so-and-so this morning? How, how did she do? I'm like, oh, thank you for just knowing me because it may be a hard morning and I just appreciate your acknowledgement. That's it. And then when they ask, hey, how, what do you need from me? It is like the most humble question because mm-hmm. a lot of leaders in a toxic way feel like, what can you do for me? Because mm-hmm. I'm leading this thing. That's right. Well, let's flip that for a and second. And it's like when you're a servant leader and you yeah. truly are like, hey, I'm actually going to serve you as right. my team. Like that is a, that's a paradox that people are not used to, Will. And people will be loyal to you yes. because, man, that's hard to find. So let me flip that right as in Rachel's scenario there. If as a leader... New leader, current leader, whatever. If you ask the, how can I help you win in your job question and you've not established the personal relationship, guess what? People are afraid to tell you Mm. because they feel like if I tell you what I need, you're going to think that I'm weak, that I can't do the job and you may fire me. But when you lead with the personal and you say, how are you doing? And the the, the employee feels as though you know them, see them, as Rachel said. And then they trust you because of the relational connection. Then they're going to go, well, I'm glad you asked hey, me. Hey, Will, there's there's three guys on the team or three people? Yes. Yes. You know yes. what I would do? I would take that. Are you married, Will? I am. Yeah. Okay. I would take you and your wife and take each of them separately out to dinner. And if they're married, bring their spouse. There's just three of them. I love You don't it. have to do 20 dinners because yeah, there's not build, 20 of them. Begin to build a relationship. Yeah, and just be like, hey, yeah. we want, I want to take you guys out to dinner and kind of get to know you guys on a personal note. And yeah. like that that jump starts that it personal does. connection. By the way, I want I to point out, great. Will, I don't know if you've been listening the entire hour, but I wouldn't take them to Macaroni Grill. You're going to get hit with the, <laughs> the inflation fee. <laughs> <laughs> Or at least ask ahead of and time. And call that manager over. I well. call the manager. Say, show? listen, I'm bringing in some some people from my work. It's a corporate dinner, man. Am I going to get hit with well, the inflation well, fee? What are all your thoughts on all of that that Ken just Ken just <laughs> gave you? What do you think? I like it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting um, take on it. I, I've never thought of it that way before. And will coming, you can lead. Yeah. You can lead because you can love people. We got too many leaders who don't know how to love the people that they're trying to lead. Yep. It's not that hard, folks. That's right. Well, that uh, that hour's in the books. What's the old saying? Put this hour in the books. Is that? I like this gesture. I did a little gesture there, gentlemen in the booth. Thank you for all your hard work, Ken. (laughs) Always great to be with you. This is the Ramsey Show.
Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? It's your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.